Have you ever tried the, the blue light blocking glasses? Do they work for you? I've never tried them, mate. Never. No. I've got, I've got two pairs. You can have a pair. Try them out. They don't do nothing for me. I've had really good feedback from clients on them. Have you really? That's yeah. interesting. Maybe there's like a certain type that's better than others. To be honest, we just need to turn our phones off, don't we? Like an hour before bed, but that's never going to happen. So, what's going to ask? Have you ever had any success with saying to someone, "Put the phone down two hours before bed"? Because I say that all the time, and nothing. No, you can't. Let's be honest. You can say it as much as you like, but people are busy. They want to scroll through their phone at, at bedtime. Let's get them, yeah, let's get them talking with some other habits. Well. <laughs> I'm going to take these up. These were like six ninety nine from Amazon. To be fair, do nothing. They don't even block out the sun. Well, um, that's a good segue, seeing as we are doing three tips to better sleep today. However, before we do it, I think we should just comment on last week's episode that went out. Yeah, I think we just want to say a big thank you to everyone who gave us some nice messages of support. Uh, messages about the podcast, which was actually really good to hear because it means people were listening. Um, and yeah, I think just thank you for, the, for, for generally being positive about it. Yeah, for me, it was kind of humbling to see not only the, the, the downloads, the streams, the views on you, like just, just the amount of people that shared it, just, just on a social media perspective. I started off on, I think it was the Saturday or the Sunday, I can't remember which day it was we made it live, but Saturday, wasn't it? I started off reposting the people that were sharing it. And, and within a couple of hours, I was like, I can't keep doing this because people are going to get annoyed. There was so many of them. There was people who... I haven't seen or spoken to in years that were sharing like the stuff that we did and just from me wow thank you guys thank you very 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 much for supporting our little project yeah thank you and that leads us on to today's podcast which is going to be our three tips for better sleep so ben what you got all right all right first one we're going to run with is um something i was set actually Tip number one, I bought a coaching plan, I think in about 2007, 2006, something around there. And I've seen it regurgitated a dozen times since then in different plans. And the best way I've ever had it presented to me was the following. Before you go to bed, before you even get into bed, give us between eight and 10 minutes of stretching. So what that's gonna do is it's gonna calm the body and trigger what we know as the parasympathetic recovery. It's really going to calm us down. It's going to be triggering that sort of rest and digest mentality as opposed to fight and flight. Give us a better night's sleep. Just put us in the zone for chill between eight and 10 minutes. There's, there's, there's the key. So we're giving you an out. You could do eight minutes. We would rather you did 10. And would you recommend a specific type of stretching, like following like a yoga class maybe, or any stretching? No, anything, anything. I give people um, on a link to a playlist on my YouTube, which has got about 20 stretches on it. Um, but I think the key for stretching is don't rush it. I think you need to look at, if you're going to do a stretch, um, we, need to, we need to hold it for a good amount of time, whether that is uh, 90 seconds, two minutes, I think people getting into a, a quad stretch and stretching it to 10 seconds, I don't think you're doing a lot, personally, myself. <laughs> Very important for us to state, though, if anything does hurt at any point, stop straight away. If you get any of those red flags, 
numbness, tingling, shooting sensations, burning, loss of bladder or bowel function, stop straight away. Don't try and push through anything. You know, less isn't necessarily more if, 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 if it feels uncomfortable. Um, but it's something that is probably if if you if, if I could pick like a couple of things, just a, just a small couple of things to implement in the majority of people's lives, that would be the one that I have the most success with people in. And it's got to the point now where I'm giving that to nine out of ten people that I coach. Eight to ten minutes. So easy. It's so easy not to do. I mean, you're a busy guy. Do you feel that's achievable? Would you be able to get that in? Yeah, I could do it just before bed. I think like you've already switched down for the day. So um, yeah, I would see no reason why I couldn't find the time to do that. I always tell people to stretch and I never do. So it's actually something I need to work into my routine. One thing I'm interested in, I, so obviously it doesn't matter in terms of this because we're trying to calm the body down and settle the body. One thing I have heard is that to improve flexibility, holding a stretch for more than 30 seconds is unnecessary. So after like 30 seconds is the maximum time. So you can hold a stretch for 30 minutes or, sorry, 30 seconds or five minutes and you won't improve flexibility. And there's no difference. No difference. But we're not trying to improve flexibility here, are we? We're trying to calm the body down and switch off. So Basically, therefore holding yeah, it for as long that's as That's interesting, you man. I think 30 to 60 seconds is a good good amount of time. But it, it was just an interesting yeah. thing that I've, I've, studied, I've, I've read a study on which was for improved flexibility. So that's a, that's very different from what we're talking about, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're talking here about let, let's let's chill out. Let's let's look to trigger recovery. That's the key thing here, and and, and trigger a good night's sleep. Because if we're going to try and go to bed hawked up with cortisol and, and hormones elevated, uh, you're going to wake up early. You're going to wake up stressed in the night. You're going to wake up more often. You're not going to get as good a quality night's sleep as you potentially could. Um, that's interesting though. I, I've only ever had success, my personal self, holding a stretch longer. If I hold a stretch for 20, 30 seconds. Yeah, and don't and don't get me wrong, like I think 30 seconds should be your minimum. And I think obviously there's gonna be no um negative impact in holding a stretch for longer than 30 seconds. It was just interesting. This is good. this is a side note to the sleep, but it was just interesting to me that that record showed there was no improved mm. flexibility of holding a stretch longer. But I think I think the length of time, I, I would probably aim for about a minute, 30 seconds to a minute. But yeah. for what you're saying, we're just trying to calm the body down and stretch and, and relax, right? So yeah. you can just hold that stretch as long so, as you feel good. Yeah, so if if you're going to listen to me and what I'm saying here, I'm going to say between eight and 10 minutes. And if I'm saying like two minutes per stretch, that could be two minutes on your left quad, two minutes on your right, two minutes left lap, two minutes right lap. If you want to take it more from sort of Chris's perspective, uh, he's, he, he would sort of go a minute ago. That could be 10, 10 little stretches you do for a minute each sort of thing. So I think it could be important here and key for us to say, try it. If you get a better night's sleep from stretching, try it. <laughs> yeah, what, what's 100%. the harm? What's the harm? 100%. Cool. Very, very good one. And I think that is something that anyone can fit into any routine. You know, we all, we all brush our teeth. Just once you brush your teeth, stretches into bed yeah 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 great shout what should we go number two i've got i've got magnesium written down here on number two something you take isn't it yeah 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 yeah. so i i take a zma tablet which has magnesium in it you take them separately don't you i do take them separately i've 
I've always been taught that minerals work in conjunction with other minerals. So like, say, for example, um, zinc works with copper, um, magnesium and calcium are, are very big. So the fact that our diets are, you know, we're told we need calcium for our bones, we need calcium, do you know what I mean? Um, and we tend to eat a lot of products which are fortified with calcium, um, a lot of dairy, cheese, milk, all that sort of stuff. Chances are, if calcium's up, magnesium's down, and magnesium is so important. Um, I, I hear this one. This is a funny one, actually. I hear this all the time. Magnesium is responsible for 300 enzymatic processes within the body. Now, break that down for me. And everyone yeah, else. Can you tell me what that means? Because <laughs> I see so many people say all the time in their posts, oh, 300 enzymatic. I don't know what it means. If anyone is a chemistry buff out there, could you reach out to us and just explain it to us in, in terms that, that we understand? <laughs> from, from my perspective, magnesium is very important for digestion and calming. I, I'm on magnesium right now. I'm taking magnesium morning and night. I, I, it's a small one. I think it's about a 300 milligram dose. Um, I've never had any problems myself taking that morning and night. Um, I find it keeps me calm, calms me down because obviously you know me, I'm quite a, I mean, probably the excitable, thing, but, um, <laughs> a little bit excitable, should we say. <laughs> so I take it in the morning to stay focused um, throughout the day. And it's, it's worth mentioning that a more relaxed brain is going to be a more focused brain. And then in the evening, if you're taking magnesium to relax, brilliant. There's very, very few side effects for magnesium. We're, we're sort of more looking at diarrhea. Um, but good for weight loss. It, as far as, oh, sorry, say again. I said good for weight loss. Oh, absolutely good for weight loss. <laughs> <laughs> um, depending where, where you read and, and what you, who you pay attention to, you, you, you're looking at anywhere from sort of like 300 milligrams up to about six to 800 milligrams, some countries suggest. Um, and you can get these things from, you can get it from food, like you can, I supplement with it as well as trying to get it from food. And we are going to, we are going to propose getting magnesium from food, but we could be controversial here, actually. Do you know one of the most nutrient rich, uh, magnesium rich foods out there? Do you know what it is? Go on. Avocado. <laughs> so, uh, so the amount of people, eat more avocado. Yeah, everyone that's reached out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone has reached out to me if you haven't listened to the avocado episodes um, in the archives. I don't remember which one it was. Three unpopular opinions, wasn't it? Unpopular opinions. If you've you haven't heard unpopular opinions, where we suggest that avocados aren't nah, necessarily the best thing you should be consuming in bulk. Well, they they're packed full of magnesium here, so so in their portion controlled size, hundred percent. 100%. Me and Chris aren't here to tell you how to live your lives. We're just here to give you the facts and hopefully make you think about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think you get about, in one avocado, you get about 100 milligrams of, of potassium, um, excuse me, of magnesium. But there will be potassium in that. There will be fibres. There will be other nutrients, good quality fats. Um, but there's other things you can get it in as well. Dark chocolate. I'm pretty sure for like one ounce of dark chocolate. Who eats one ounce? It's like 30 grams. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's 100% dark chocolate, so like, I'm eating in the bar. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Was it? They said there's um, like seventy yeah. percent dark chocolate was designed for those people who they, they like chocolate, but they can't. You know, you can't eat a lot of it. Rubbish. Yeah. Rubbish. Easy. I could eat a whole lot. <laughs> Any chocolate bar, Easy. I'm good. 
Uh, cool, so we've got tip number two, magnesium before bed, and you're saying that you actually have it twice a day, so to calm you down in the morning and to calm you down in the evening before you go to sleep. Mm. Cool, yeah, and tip yeah. number three. Tip number three, I've done a lot of talking, do you want to leave on this one? No, 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 you go, mate, you go. All right, okay, so we're actually, I didn't want to, I didn't want to say anything because I'm going to be preaching here almost, but... Let's limit our caffeine content. Let's, let's, let's pick a time. So the, the whole half-life of caffeine is very, very, very important here. Caffeine has a half-life in the body of six hours. So let's say right now at, what is it, like midday we're filming this. So it, so it's midday now. I have a caffeine. Let's say, let's, let's say I ingest 100 milligrams of caffeine. Right now at midday, 6 o'clock, there's still 50 milligrams in my system. Okay. So why would we be drinking these caffeine products at four, five, six o'clock in the evening or even later when caffeine is going to be high in your system, when you are trying to settle down, when you want to relax? So let's pick a time. Now, now we actually spoke about this ages ago. Do you remember we had this conversation and we were like, what should we be telling people? What was your time? You, you, you're telling people. I recommended limiting caffeine intake after two o'clock. So one to two o'clock being kind of like. Two o'clock being your cut off point. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because you, you were saying two early. and I was saying twelve. Yeah. Yeah. And we and we were sort of I mean we were backwards and forwards. We were like, oh, but we need to be telling people a definitive answer. And I think we've got to the point now where we can disagree on this. So I think if you're saying twelve, or you're saying two, sorry, I'm saying twelve, I think people need to start testing. And if if two o'clock is is okay for you and it's not going to interrupt your sleep. Great, drink your caffeine products up till two o'clock. But I'm always telling people to twelve o'clock. Let's try and keep them to the morning only and switch to decaf in the afternoon. But what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I I would agree with that I think as well it depends how much caffeine you've had in the morning. So if you've had two cups already by twelve o'clock, having another cup cup at twelve o'clock in, in before two, it's all just going to constantly be topping up. So you're actually going to get to a point almost <laughs> where this because of the six hour half life. You never have no caffeine in your system. You're going to constantly, that's a bit like drinking, you know, you keep topping those units up, you're going to be over the limit the night, the, the day after the night before kind of thing. So I, I think it, I, I would try and recommend maybe two cups of coffee a day or like a pre-workout with no, with no extra caffeine through coffee or something. But, but, but if I was setting a, if I was setting it as a milligram target, let's say absolute most like 400 milligrams a day is what the body can take so i would say three to 400 milligrams of caffeine by two o'clock and i i mean yeah I, I would then try and switch to decaf if i was gonna have coffee in the afternoon if i was training after work and i was taking free workouts then i would go for a stim free pre-workout um, I, I can't think of anything worse than going to the gym at six seven o'clock after work having a pre-workout and then trying to go to bed you just be staring at the ceiling. So <laughs> there are there are stim free pre-workouts out there. I, I would probably recommend switching to those after two o'clock. You, you mentioned there 400 milligrams of caffeine. Have, have you ever been guilty of doing more? In a oh, day? mate. So, I mean, I used to get up at 4.30 in the morning when I lived over in Wickham and, and get to the gym at six. So I'd get up, have my coffee at home, get to the gym, have my double espresso, at six o'clock in the morning. So I've already had what, three, four coffees by then, uh, or, or the equivalent of. I then have my pre-workout before training, which was probably about two, 300 milligrams. And because I was working in the evenings, I probably have another coffee around five o'clock. 
I mean, I could handle caffeine, but <laughs> my sleep has always been terrible. Absolutely terrible. So yeah, I think this is a do as I say, not as I do. My caffeine content now is very different because I'm not working the long hours I was on a gym floor and I'm training early in the morning. So, or, or kind of mid morning. So, but yeah, I've been guilty of it. And I'll be honest with you, when you then try and go a week without caffeine, God, it hits you hard. Like the, the headaches, the crashes, the burns. And once you've kind of given it up for a week, then when you take it again, it actually has an effect. I think I got to the point where I was having so much caffeine that I had to have caffeine just to get back to zero. Does that make sense? I wasn't getting any sort of kick out of it. I was just feeling negative effects from having too much. So I think, again, it's probably a good recommend recommendation to say, <laughs> don't, don't um, you know, these stimulants, do be mindful of how many you're having a week anyway, even if you're having them before two o'clock. Yeah, that is a very good point. I've always been wary of pre-workout stimulants as a, as, as a whole. As I was a younger man, I always never really understood the point of them. I'm supposed to be in the prime of my life. Why would I need stimulants to sort of hawk myself up? Um, yeah, I agree. I find it very hard to train without caffeine. So I do like a black coffee before training. And maybe if I'm really knackered and I want a bit of a kick, like a leg day or a back day which are kind of bigger bigger muscle groups i might take a pre-workout still but yeah I'm, I'm 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 with you if your food is in the right place you shouldn't need i mean i think caffeine as well blocks your pain receptors so i think it is quite good in a gym to to have for me it's quite good to have some caffeine before but it shouldn't be necessary should be relying on it uh, yeah if you're relying on it we've got we've got problems <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I think it's, and, we... and, you, and you say 12, that's, that's kind of a, a, I mean, obviously that's going to be better. The earlier the cutoff, the better. I think I say two, just because people have their lunch break at 12 and, or, you know, 12, one, some people want a coffee. And so like Ben says, try it, see what time works for you. And if you're not sleeping well, just try and bring the time forward a little bit or cut down on the amount of caffeine you're having before that time period. Yeah, I think that's important for, for this is Chris and I have the same message. We've just got different approaches to it. So, yeah, I'm going to tell you earlier. He's, what we're basically both saying to you is be mindful of it, what you're taking in, when you're taking it in, and if it's affecting you negatively, tweak it, try it, make some changes. 100%. I will say one thing on sleep. So I've always told my clients they need to be getting six to eight hours sleep a night. Then about a year and a half ago, this little kid moved in with us and he's now living here and it's impossible. <laughs> if I get like four hours unbroken sleep at the moment, I'm really happy. Um, so are you, are you going to keep him? I think we got him now. I think you only get a year and then you know, the refund's gone. So uh, no, I love him, but God, like you go to bed, just hit, head hits the pillow waiting to hear him kick off. So it's, so I think, although optimally, I would say you want to get like six to eight hours sleep in a night. For all those parents out there, I apologize. That was obviously very unrealistic of me. You probably turned away and just laughed as you walked out of the gym. Um, you, you have to kind of get as much sleep in as you can. And now I'm actually a big fan of napping in the afternoon if I can. Um, I'm very lucky I, I work from home so I can kind of put it into my day. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, um, 
I would just like to apologise to those people that I said six to eight <laughs> is very important. That's <laughs> funny, actually. A friend of mine, Ben Rickwood, he actually um, he keeps posting at the moment about uh, people tell it about trainers telling you you need to get eight hours sleep a night, and and it's me. I feel like he's directly taking jabs at me. Um, it, it, it entertains me, but look, he, he is right. The amount of people who I get, I get people to track their sleep. When you track it down, look at an average over the week. It, it does, from a coaching perspective, make me realise we need to be looking at the, the the quality of sleep, not just the quantity, because the majority of people aren't getting eight hours. I think six to seven seems to be the sort of the the, the consistent one. So, so if you can implement even even a couple of those three things that we're suggesting, I think it's going to be. I mean, there's there's a thousand more tips we can give you. I mean, myself, I sleep with, I have blackout blinds, blackout curtains. I still sleep with a mask and earplugs. Right. Yeah. So you've literally shut the, see, I'm, I'm also the opposite. Like I, I like to, when I fall asleep, I like a bit of noise. I find it very hard to fall asleep in pitch black with nothing going on. My mind just goes hundred miles an hour. So actually I need to listen to something. It's probably going to be something I've watched a hundred times already. So I'm not actually interested in it, but again that's terrible that's terrible advice because you should be sleeping in a completely blacked out room and and falling asleep but for me that's never worked um one little tip for dads out there as well or, or mums was Faye hates noise so when we had leo we, we came up with a kind of compromise that i would put my um airpods in listen to listen to uh, something with my airpods in full suit absolutely unbelievable when the kid wakes up and you can't hear a thing because of these noise cancelling things it's never your turn because it's cruel to wake someone else up so Faye, Faye I think three weeks in a row kept waking up and going into Leo she's like how do you not hear anything and I'm like I don't know I don't know noise cancelling headphones honestly for any parent out there just try and do it when everyone doesn't notice brilliant <laughs> but terrible yeah, advice you're winning them all <laughs> terrible terrible advice blackout is definitely the way to go if you can right yeah uh, it's the win for me My, it, it revolutionized the way i sleep i was always a broken sleeper 45 minutes really light and then suddenly earplugs eye mask and i, I noticed it on um i was on a flight once and i think i slept for about nine hours and i can never sleep on flights and i was out of it just completely gone and from then on got home i was like right let's try it again Eight hours solid, unbroken. And you sleep well now, don't you? You, I know you. I mean, if you're not woken up by a text from me, you'll still be in bed at about eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, <on> Sunday definitely. <laughs> uh, I think there's, um, yeah, I think my my recommendation would be like trying to get seven to eight hours sleeping if you can. Unbroken is obviously going to be the best. If you aren't getting that, maybe you can try and get a nap in somewhere, but it's not going to be high quality sleep. So that's just going to be something to help to, to maybe aid your recovery a little bit more. What, what sort of time frame would you say and suggest to your clients? The ideal worlds, I mean, the body works in like 45 minute sleep cycles, doesn't it? So ideal world, you need to be getting either eight and a quarter or seven, seven hours, 30 or 6.45, you know, or, or we go up from eight and a quarter hours of sleep up to nine hours. But I would uh, pay so much money to get nine hours uninterrupted sleep. <laughs> I, mean, I would <laughs> I would throw everything I've got at that. Just for, just for two nights in a row. 
<laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, you knowing knowing what you were like, your son is going to be just as bad. So even when he hits eighteen, you're even worse. You're going to get phone calls in the middle of the night. Yeah. I mean, I'm in jail. I've set myself on fire. <laughs> yeah, game. It's, it's literally a game changer. I've just accepted it. Sleep, sleep. Like this is your expertise, mate. Not mine anymore. And to be honest, I have always had terrible, terrible sleep. Like I said, high caffeine content all through the day. Working long hours. So I think another one, like I, I would always try and say to anyone, try and switch off from your work like an hour or two before bed. Because I think if you're working right up to bedtime, again, you're not going to have a good night's sleep. One, one thing I like to do, and actually the best night's sleep I did have um, before having Leo, I used, to, I used to do a to-do list. So every night I'd get into bed, had my little pad of paper and pen next to me. I'd sit there, I'd write my to-do list, everything that was in my head. I could just get it out onto a piece of paper because you know you go to bed like worrying about oh, I've got to do this tomorrow. What if I forget? What I've got to do this? I've got... If you get it all down on paper and out of your head, you're completely clear then to have a you know to to switch off. So that actually is probably like my like one little tip from me was was writing a big to do list of everything you can think of for the next day allows you to switch off. You know it's going to get done then, or if you're like me, you're going to leave on your to do list for the day after. But it's out of your head, and I think that is a key. Yeah. My dump onto paper so you can see exactly what you've got to do in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything that gets things out of your head and down is is a good one. Yeah, I just want to come back to it because you you do mention there you you say it's probably my domain. Um, something sleep recovery. It's probably not. It's probably the opposite because I'm sit, sitting over here, you know, childless. <laughs> you know, having great night's sleeps. You're living it. You're living the real world. So you can give people actual practical application of, right, this is how to do this and not to do this. And I can just sit over here preaching saying, well, if life's perfect. <laughs> no, but that's, that's actually two good points. If you're, if you're in a perfect position to set up your life around, not your life, but set up around your sleep, then do it. Obviously, because sleep is so important. Sleep like aids recovery. So it improves your athletic performance. It's good for your immune system. There's lower chance of heart disease and diabetes if you get a good night's sleep. Probably as well because you're not going to be craving sugary things and eating a bad diet. Like cravings do go down the better you'll sleep the night before. Um, there's, there's many, many benefits to, to get it. So if you can set yourself around the optimum hours of sleep, and then what I'd say as a parent is <laughs> prioritize your sleep. You know, if your baby's going to bed at seven and you're going to bed at 11, then there's quite a few hours there where you can maybe adjust your plan and bring your sleep forwards. Um, so I, I actually now go to bed, try and go to bed about nine o'clock, which is as early. I've tried it earlier and I just, I just lie there. So nine o'clock, my alarm goes off at six. I know I can get my sleep in if he doesn't wake up. Um, and I think like when he was young, when he, when he was really little and he was having naps, well, when he was, when he was reliably having two naps a day, I was feeling knackered and I had the time nap when he naps so that was that's kind of my that's been my routine as much as i can around him but again parents know kids don't have routines for very long they figure you out and just when you think you cracked them they change everything they're doing so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'd say prioritize sleep but obviously don't ignore your kid if he's crying Hmm. i've had a few working with a few mums recently new mums and there's almost like a sense of guilt if they were to sleep when the baby's sleeping, they feel like they should be doing stuff, cleaning, tidying, prepping meals, prepping stuff like that. 
and this is the one thing I want to try and get through to people is that if you are better rested, you're going to have more energy for when you are awake. So if, if you're thinking like burning that candle at both ends is stupid. What we said a few episodes back of it's, it's very cool to be uh, drinking takeaways, you know, living an unhealthy lifestyle. Well, let's change that stigma around and let's make it cool to be more rested, put you, you first and actually take control and actually, uh, do you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get yeah, it across. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm saying that very well. 100%. 100%. No, that's a very good point. Prioritize the things that matter for your health over <laughs> the things that are going to be detrimental. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Should we try and wrap that up? Because we said we were going to try and do twenty minutes. Yeah. I think we've just approached forty-five. <laughs> yeah. Summary. So I think the summary of this episode is tip number one: stretch before bed. Try and get a routine of around about eight to ten minutes. Tip number two: magnesium will aid your sleep and help you calm down before bed and, and switch off. And tip number three was cutting your caffeine out. Um, from around about 12 to 2 p.m. Um, you see, guys, this is what happens if you don't sleep. Your memory suffers. Yeah, no sleep and having kids. Baby brain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think... We should just preface, though, we are, we are suggesting magnesium. Nor Chris nor myself are uh, medically trained. So uh, this is purely just simple. Um, our, our, our advice. Yeah, no one has to take supplements. That is completely your call. No. But... You know, look right. into it. If it's, if it's something that you struggle but with, they wonders look for me. into it. Cool. Good episode, that I think, mate. Hopefully, we'll help a few people. Prioritize yeah, I do your hope sleep. So. And again, let's just. Sorry, mate, I cut you off again. No, 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 no. I just said try and prioritize your sleep and get yourself like little pre bed routines. These are three habits, but, but you know, try and change two or three habits you do just before bed that will help you aid your sleep. And fantastic. And I suppose let's just say a big thank you again to everyone who did like, listen, comment, shared to the last episode because I didn't think anyone would bother listening. <laughs> no, thank you very much. And yeah, keep listening, keep giving feedback and keep asking questions based on what you hear, I think is is, is a good one. Any any comments you do get yeah. down in the uh, in the comment section on there. Heck cool. yeah. I'm off to make another coffee because it's not one o'clock yet. <laughs> All right, mate. Peace. Speak to you soon. See you later, man. Love you, man.